NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner. It's that simple. If Sportsbooks isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code PFF this weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports spending partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Min $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. putting a bow on week eight of the NFL season, week nine of college football. Once again, like always, joined by Eric Eager for the Tuesday, Wednesday edition of the PFF Betting Podcast. And Eric, uh, you know, we usually recap how PFF NFL Greenline, NCAA Greenline both did uh, from a units one perspective. How did how did both uh, how did both tools kind of perform here in week eight of NFL and week nine of college football? Yeah, both pretty good. Um, green line, if you flat staked, was out about a, up about a half a unit in NFL, but like six or seven units if you bet Kelly. And then uh, I think college football is similar, about one and a half units. So like kind of modest with you bet flat stake, but up, you know, I think it was like 14 or something if you Kelly. So it was good. It was a rough week for college football last week. Good week for NFL. This week, both were sort of doing well, which you always like to see. I, I think um, it was an interesting week. Um you know, it would have been better. Like, Green Line at close had the Rams minus 16 and a half. That would have been nice to have. Right. Um, obviously, it, ha- it had some misses with Atlanta, and Atlanta's over. That was one. It had, you know, a little bit of Washington and the over in that game. That wasn't a hit. But everything else was sort of good. All the way down to, and we talked, we bet this game, you know, ourselves, all the way down to Dallas, um, you know, sort of, the whole time, you know, even after you, you take out Dak Prescott, one, one of the best quarterbacks in football, and you put in Cooper Rush, uh, you know, the number moved, but not as much as it maybe it probably moved more than it should have. And, and hence, um, you know, it was, you know, a, a fairly good week for, for the tool. Really interesting to see uh, your Vikings, my Vikings, our Vikings uh, lose to Cooper Rush. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess it wasn't surprising uh, looking back on it. I do. I don't know if I necessarily agree that the line moved enough. I was expecting it to move closer to like minus six for the Vikings, but obviously uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. Vikings don't even win outright. Don't even cover. You know, the pre pre flop uh, spread with yeah, Dallas yeah. minus like two Dallas covered five, every spread like, yeah, that was available every spread to possible. Dallas. So and, and, yeah. and honestly, like I had a lot of really poor. We both had a lot of really poor Dallas Cowboys numbers here uh all week and thankfully instead of like hedging 
too early uh, on the Vikings side. I was just like, you know, if Dak Prescott doesn't play this total, there's just no chance that it's going to get anywhere close to 54.5 points. Nowhere close to 52.5. So that was uh, my hedge based on all of that, you know, Dallas action. So thankfully, that was a good spot for me. But college football, a little bit more rough. I think I just didn't find, uh, you know, some of the winners that Greenland had available, unfortunately kind of breaks both ways for us um you know throughout the season but i think you know i'm ready to turn yeah. things around here heading into week nine and thankfully uh we have maction coming up here tuesday wednesday five games we also have a college football game on thursday two more on friday uh that we're going to touch on here in a little bit talk about some college football futures as well but I, I i gotta ask you real quick you know were there any you know immediate takeaways you have from the nfl week eight are you you know swearing off your vikings fandom your chiefs fandom do you feel like you know the two teams that you've invested the most emotionally into are just uh completely you know wasted right now or what is kind of happening here in the nfl for you i mean i've been i mean i I, i'm with the chiefs no matter what like i think ride or die you know you know since you know you know early last decade or you know (laughs) it's been a team that i've kind of loved unconditionally it's rough to watch them right now they do get a win when they play like horseshit unlike the vikings who you know, like, don't. And, and, you know, the Vikings, they're in a precarious spot. I talk about this on the PFF forecast. You can go listen to it. I think, uh, you know, I talk about sort of their approach to playing football, how it's really hard to get behind. Um, you know, they have you know, both of these teams. If you look at Minnesota's schedule, I mean, you're looking at Baltimore on the road, Los Angeles Chargers on the road, and then a home game to Green Bay, and then the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Like, I don't necessarily think the Vikings are getting out of that even in a week NFC, but you also look at like the Kansas city chiefs and, you know, if you look at like the collective win percentage of the re- the remainder of their games, it's not pretty for them either. They have right. home to green Bay next week. They're two and a half point favorites. I don't know where that line's going to go, uh, but that was before tonight's game. Um, you know, obviously then they have the, you know, the Raiders on the road home to Cowboys Bronco is probably their breather game at home. Again, the Raiders at home, then at Chargers, and then Steelers at home. That's a lot, right? Right, And, you know, to at some point, this is a season that if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hot, like, there's really no reason to bet on the Chiefs. Really none, you know. And we, you and I collectively have one futures bet on them. We have an AFC West at about plus 250 on them, which is going to get good closing line value given what happened this weekend. Um, but they're not a team I'm like all that buying into on the marketplace. Right, definitely. And I think that's my main takeaway too. Kind of like you said, they did beat the Giants by a field goal. Obviously didn't come close to covering uh, the closing spread at 10.5, but they're just not a team. I know I was you know, kind of approaching them, trying to play them more from like an in-game perspective, but I don't even really feel all that confident uh, playing them right now. So we'll see uh, if the market maybe adjust a little bit more to uh, you know, what we're seeing from the Chiefs right now. It seems like that really hasn't been taken fully into account. Obviously 10.5 point favorites in week 8. Um, maybe, maybe it'll adjust a little Bit, but like you said, with the Packers, two and a half point favorites against the Packers, I think that's got to move uh, more towards Green Bay's, um, you know, 
likely favored outcome uh, than what we've seen so far, if the market's going to actually correct a little bit on what the Chiefs have put forth. But we will see. It's going to be interesting. Instead of, you know, moving straight into action, let's talk a little bit about the NFL futures market then. Is there any spot that you're kind of seeing, uh, you know, based on PFF simulation where you think there might, might be some potential value uh, in either, you know, to make the playoffs, division wins, or any of those conference or Super Bowl odds that you like right now? I don't necessarily know if it's going to be, you know, a, a something our simulation likes, but just looking at the way in which these these markets have moved, if you look at team futures and you look at division winner right now, uh, you look at the Rams, this has gone down. It was plus 115, 110. Cardinals were minus 125 at one point. This has moved since the Von Miller acquisition. But you're getting the Rams at even money to win the, win the division. And right now, it's tied... Uh, the Rams have, you know, they don't have the tiebreaker with the Cardinals. But after watching the last few weeks materialize, it's hard to sort of look at those two teams as being equal. Right. And so to me, that's the only futures bet you can like. The AFC North, or sorry, the AFC West right now, going into today, the Chargers were the only team of all the division uh, futures that had, it was a favorite, but had plus money to win the division. They were plus like 125. The Chiefs were like plus 225. Raiders were plus 265. After tonight's game, this is very interesting because I don't think the Chiefs impressed anybody tonight. The Chargers are now plus 150. The Chiefs are plus 165. And the Raiders are plus 300. I can tell you very definitively that when our simulations come out next week, you know, tomorrow, the, the Raiders plus 300 is going to be a value. Right. right. Um, Which is. And. I can see it, right? They're 5-2. and two. They play great offense. They're coming, you know, they having a bye early is not the greatest. Um, Chiefs having a bye later is actually good for them relative to all these teams. Chargers are too expensive at plus 150, but the Raiders at 3-1 to one is probably a good bet. Yeah, definitely. And we've kind of been on them, you know, based on our simulation all offseason. Still, you know, I think that's going to continue forward. Kind of like you said, when we see those simulation results early this week, kind of heading into week nine, you touched on it briefly. Von Miller traded to the Los Angeles Rams. I know you didn't get a chance to talk about it, you know, on the PFF forecast. So that news kind of breaking on Monday. We also had some, you know, relatively significant injury news depending on how you you know rate positions but you know Derrick Henry sounds like he's going to be done for the season for the Tennessee Titans uh you know a lot of people maybe had them as the front runners in the AFC how are you kind of expecting uh you know those teams to either perform in our simulation based on how they look in the futures market do you think there's going to be value or are they going to be a little bit of overvalued based on you know some of the things that happened for us you know on November 1st basically yeah, George and I wrote up Tennessee plus six and a half in L.A. Uh, with the Henry news and then the Von Miller news. It's now seven and a half. That's a move, depending upon how you measure it, anywhere between four to seven percent. Um, I don't think Henry is necessarily worth that, but I do think Von Miller, Henry, um, you know, might be. But I, I think that number is you know, way too long. I think Tennessee is probably the pick in that game. Um, you know, it could be a letdown spot. We talked about, you know, for Tennessee now for three straight weeks. You think about a letdown spot. They played really well against the Bills. Would, would it be a letdown against the Chiefs? They'd spank the Chiefs. Would it be a letdown right. against Indy? You had a 14-0 deficit against Indy. Come back to win that game. Now that you lose Henry, now that you go to L.A., is this the week where the Tennessee Titans let down and lose by multiple scores? That's a good question. Right, yeah. And I agree with you. I think that's going to be kind of maybe the most interesting matchup as we head into Week 9. But let's shift gears a little bit. We got Maxion. 
I know what I we got to give the people what they want, right? So got to give the people what they want. Got to give the people what they want. Five games here between Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, you know, some decent action. I think you know, I it's it's what we live for basically. Action on Tuesday. Well, and night. not only that, but for, lot... for for the folks that live in the Central Time Zone like you or West Coast. I mean, this game's starting at these games are starting at six six thirty. Right. Perfect. I mean, you're sitting down for dinner. East Coast dads are not action. reeling at these games. Right. It, which is perfect. I mean, it's all you really want. You can still be in bed by ten thirty, still sweating out some action. So, uh, you know, this is the perfect time of year if you get into some college football bets. Do you like any of these three games on Wednesday? I know what my favorite bet is so far, but I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts uh, on how you kind of evaluate some of these matchups. Our Akron Zips. Uh, have the the triple here. They're 12th in the MAC in ELO rating, 12th in the MAC in offensive rating, 12th in the MAC in defensive rating. Ball State favored by 21 here, 20 and a half. Fourth in overall ELO rating, seventh in offense, fourth in defense. Um, you know, Plitt has not been a great quarterback. In fact, Akron's quarterback has a better grade at 70.7, uh, better pass rating when clean at 117.8, better pass rating when under pressure at 69.7. 3% of Akron's throws are turnover-worthy versus Ball State with 3.7. Um, both these teams are terrible on offense. Uh, and as such, I think, you know, a good bet here, even though it's a low total for a college game, I think in Ball State-Akron, you have to go under 57.5. If you look at Akron, um, you know, I, I don't live all that far um, from Akron here in Cincinnati. Um, the weather on Tuesday... Doesn't even get to 50 degrees. You know, you're going to have winds sort of in that eight mile per hour range. If you get to that seven o'clock, you know, a little bit, it's not going to be great weather. So you're not going to have like great conditions either. So under in the Ball State Akron game, the only other one that we see value on, there's three games uh, on Tuesday Miami versus Ohio. That one's kind of, I think, dead nuts on seven and a half, 52. Uh, Ohio, the underdog there. But we do like, we do see some value. Eastern Michigan at Toledo. Toledo's been weird this year. They've had some losses that have been kind of unbecoming. Uh, and we like Eastern Michigan as a result. Getting nine plus 272 on the money line. Eastern Michigan third in the MAC in offensive rating. Toledo ninth. Um, Toledo's first in ELO rating. First in defensive rating. But, uh, but the question becomes in a game like this, you know, Eastern Michigan 113.3 passer rating. Win clean. 6.16 EPA per play in the passing game. Toledo minus 0.1 in the passing game. So can you get some variance here and get the underdog to the window, not only with a cover, but with an outright win? Right now, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code BETTINGPOD. Grades and data are live for every single player who logged to Snap last week. You can go check out all the highest graded players from Week 8 and look to find some early value on spread picks and player props for Week 9. What can you get with a PFF subscription? All of PFF's locked article content, PFF's NFL and college football betting dashboards, our grade power projections, cover probabilities, and betting values. Zero to 100 grades of every single player, including the top rookies on every team. Our player props tool, which shows plus minus value for every NFL prop. PFF NFL Greenline, we got a DFS optimizer, and so much more. Support the pod and use promo code BETTINGPOD for 25% off any subscription. Yeah, definitely. And you get in the better quarterback, right? Ben Bryant for Eastern Michigan, guy that we backed a few times here, um, you know, already. I kind of like Eastern Michigan quite a bit. Um, I do think, you know, Ben Bryant's going to get 
a better quarterback performance than what we're going to see from Daquan Finn. So I think Eastern Michigan getting the points at plus nine, that seems just a little bit too high to me. I think it should be closer to, you know, a touchdown differential. So I think, you know, getting maybe close to two points uh, of value on the spread there. We don't mind a little bit of a sprinkle on the, you know, money line, but I do think the correct play, Eastern Michigan plus nine, but I'm with you uh, quite a bit. I also really like Ball State Akron under 57 and a half. I think that's just a little bit too high of a total for us uh, here to start off our match and sweats on Tuesday night. So I think playing the under, playing, you know, a long dog as well in that next matchup is the perfect Tuesday night uh, helping of bets for me personally. But let's move on to Wednesday. We got a little bit of a Michigan showdown, Central Michigan, Western Michigan, uh, 10 point favorites from Western Michigan, 67 point total. I think that's the highest one of these five matching games. Uh, are you leaning towards Central Michigan? Maybe a little bit of a dog underplay here on Wednesday night? I mean, there's nothing better than a little bit of that, right? right, right. You know, variance moves in your direction. Um, yeah, like we like Central Michigan. This has moved a little bit towards the favorite, right? Um, you have you you're getting a full ten here. You're getting a almost plus you know three to one on the money line. Central Michigan. I mean, Central Michigan, better defensively, second in our opponent adjusted grades. Western Michigan third offense and overall, you know, Western Michigan second, Central Michigan fourth. It's not that much difference. In right. fact, Central Michigan has a better pass rating from a clean pocket, more big time throws. Um, you know, EPA per run is better on offense, you know, lower turnover worthy play rate. This is a fundamental play here where, you know, if you, if you take the rest of the season for what it's worth, central Michigan should not be getting a full 10 here. Right. Yeah. And I think that's definitely the correct play. I also, I think I like the under more seven points just seems like way too much here, uh, in this matchup. Kind of like you said, you know, both teams basically in the top four, top five of our Mac opponent adjusted offensive grades, but the defenses have been really good uh, so far in 2021 too. So I don't mind going under 67. Definitely think Central Michigan is playable, you know, as a 10 point dog uh, in this sort of rivalry matchup for, for the for the state of Michigan, at least the lower tier state of Michigan. So I like that one quite a bit. What about Northern Illinois, Kent State, Golden Flashes? Are you playing, you know, another under here, six, six and a half point total? Or are you uh, potentially staying away from this matchup with Northern Illinois kind of being, you know, the second worst team uh, in the MAC so far this year? Yeah, Northern Illinois just sucks at offense, right? right. I mean, at, you know, 88.9. I mean, they run the ball 65% of the time, but their run plays net negative expected points. Uh, Not Kent, what you State's, want to see. Kent State's great. Uh, you know, they have Dustin Crum, 100 pass rating when clean, you know, five and a half percent big time throw rate. That's those are good numbers. Six, six and a half is a lot, though. Um, and, you know, we do like Kent State. If it was a three, we probably would have value on it. Um, we I, I think Kent State sort of gets out to a lead here and, and Northern Illinois. We've seen them be plucky before. They came back on, on Wyoming earlier in the season. But for the most part, they already run the football team. And if they get behind, there's not really a whole lot they can do. Right. Yep. Definitely with you. So I, I do like six, six and a half going under there. Uh, and I'm with you. If we can get down to a field goal differential for Kent State, I think that's probably a smash spot for them. I don't think you can play Northern Illinois, you know, on the spread, uh, given what we've seen from them so far in 2021. So I'm with you. I would like to be able to back Dustin Crum here. So if we can get, you know, that field goal differential on the spread, 
it's all it's a full send for me at that time so we will see uh, i know you ran you know the pff simulation for college football today were the was there anything you know as far as uh, a value that jumped out to you on the futures market anything that maybe surprised you as far as you know how we anticipate this college football playoffs playing out uh who's going to get in who's going to get out we we are going to have our first official rankings uh coming up here today november 2nd uh you know at the start of Maction. So how do you kind of anticipate uh, these teams, you know, basically one through six kind of stacking up here uh, as we head into week 10 of college football? Yeah, we're within 3% of every of every break even if you look at DraftKings numbers, except in two places. Georgia, we have Georgia with a 31% chance of winning at the market break even, or implied, I'm sorry, is 42.5%. And we have Oklahoma with a 21% chance. Market implied is 7%. So obviously... We're finding value in Oklahoma for a couple of reasons, right? So Oklahoma and Caleb Williams as the, one of the best quarterbacks in college football, presumably. Uh, obviously, that can regress, but maybe there was just too much uh, on Spencer Rattler's plate that we were overreacting to. Caleb Williams comes in, plays fantastic football, six touchdowns, over 400 yards. The thought process, of course, and we talked about this a number of times, being, you know, Georgia slips up. You know, Alabama slips up, Ohio State slips up, and that college football playoff group is a bunch of teams who have quarterbacks that are worse than Caleb Williams. Right. And, you know, that's where you can see some probability there. I think we're a little too high on them. I, I do think there's probably, you know, more of a chance for Oklahoma if you look at, you know, sort of their their schedule in college football. They have Baylor on the road this week. Baylor's the 14th-ranked team in the country. Um, you know, sorry, that's next week. Um and you have Iowa State, uh, but Oklahoma's at home there. Iowa State's not great, but they came into the year really high regarded. And then Oklahoma goes on the road to Oklahoma State, uh, you know, the weekend of Thanksgiving. Obviously a big game, Bedlam there. Bedlam could also be the Big Ten 12 title game as well. And so there's four games where, you know, you know our model, you know, because Oklahoma has historically made the playoff with one loss at times, our model is going to look at that and say, you know, maybe one loss can get you in. Whereas I think the reality of the situation in 2021 is one loss does not get Oklahoma into the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think if Oklahoma has kind of any any sort of slip up, even though they have, you know, the fourth most difficult strength schedule coming up here uh, for the rest of the season based on our, you know, ELO rankings, um, I think they're not going to be able to get in, unfortunately. I do think, you know, a, one last Alabama team obviously is going to get in ahead of them, Ohio State. And I think, you know, if Cincinnati runs the table, that's going to be a really difficult sell to not put them in over a one last Oklahoma team. So um, I definitely agree with you on that. Maybe there's just a little bit of value. That's probably part of the reason why we show that based on our simulation. But I do th still think, you know, with Caleb Williams, you are getting uh, what we would project to be the best quarterback, um, you know, against the spread based on our, you know, spread points above replacement of any quarterback. I think he's basically tied with Bryce Young from Alabama, but he's much better than like, you know, Stetson Bennett, obviously Georgia defense, uh, you know, one of the best defensive units we've seen in some time in college football. So uh, you can't really handicap George based solely on the quarterback position, but we will see how things break out. I still think uh, Oklahoma is definitely the play. If you were looking for a college football future, uh, you know, make sure you check out NCAA power rankings page that we have up on PFF.com slash betting tools. It's going to be a great opportunity for 
for you. If you do, you know, want to get in on some of those futures markets, make sure you check out PFF NCA Green Line. Of course, we've got the Maction games coming up. Make sure you bet that Eastern Michigan. we got a few unders showing value as well. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of great betting opportunities coming up here over the course of the next, you know, couple weeks. I think we have, what, 23 straight days of NFL or college football coming up here. we got even, you know, some Canadian Football League action. I don't know if you got any one or two really quick winners uh, coming up here for Canadian football coming up on yeah, uh, Hamilton's you know. undervalued on the market, laying six and a half against BC at home. I would take Hamilton laying the full touchdown there. The other one that I do like is Saskatchewan is laying six against Edmonton. They're going to be on the road. Edmonton's terrible, right. the second worst team in uh, the uh, CFL. Uh, lay the points with Saskatchewan minus six uh, this weekend. There we go. There we go. I mean, you're getting all the encompassing football bets you can possibly find from the PFF betting podcast. Nowhere else is going to run the gamut from NFL, college, and Canadian Football League for you in one podcast and get you out the door in under 30 minutes. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you check out all the great content we have coming up for you on PFF.com. From Ben Brown, joined by Eric Eager, we appreciate you guys listening to the PFF betting podcast.